0: Is your first idea ever your best idea? Like, is there ever a time where you design something once and you're like, boom, that's it, done?
1: Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today,
0: we're gonna talk about iteration in the design process which I'm sure if if you are a designer listening then you know that when you design something you don't just make it once and call it done there's a whole process you go through to iterate on your design make small improvements make changes in order to make it better I did a video about this recently basically just highlighting why it's so important because I was getting a lot of questions on the topic I showed my whole process of iterating this graphic that I did to advertise a webinar but in the comments of that video we've had a lot I've had a lot more questions so I thought it'd be a good thing to discuss today with Fem and just go a bit deeper into this iteration process and yeah, talking about if your first idea is ever actually your best one and how do you know when it's done. I don't know. I'm excited to talk to you about this, Fem. This is the kind of nerdy design stuff I love. <laughs> but how have you been? It hasn't been that long since we we're actually together in Copenhagen. That's true. Um, as listeners would know if
1: they heard the last episode. But anything anything to update? Well, At the beginning of next month, on the 1st of November, actually, to be exact, I am speaking at a conference in London. So maybe I thought I should give that a shout out. Yes, for sure. It is called Jam London. I think the link is jamlondon.io, maybe. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll link it. Um, But I'm speaking at that conference in London, along with some other really cool people. And I'm very excited about it. I spent all of Monday writing my talk outline. So now I'm really excited to sort of, you know, break it down more, put together my presentation and yeah, I'm going actually for almost a full week. There's also a Figma meetup happening in London. I'll shout out to, I know we just had Zach on the show (laughs) in the last episode who works at Figma. I think that's happening on the evening of the 30th of October. If you're listening to this and you're in London um, and want to come along, I will be there. Zach will be there. Charlie, you will be there. I will be there too. Awesome. Yes. So yeah, shout out to that. Uh, That's really all the interesting things I have to update on this week. Tell us more about your talk. What
0: are you going to be speaking
1: about? Oh, uh, great question. I am going to be speaking about basically like how to design for a foreign market. So like designing for a market that you are not familiar with and you have very little context or cultural understanding about. Uh, So I'm going to talk about how I approached doing that in a project that I did for Mexico and basically some of my mistakes and learnings and bad assumptions that I made about, you know, underestimating how easy it would be to just, you know, create a design and stick it in front of someone from a completely different culture than your own. Uh, So yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. That sounds so fascinating.
0: And also, please, can we make that a Design Life episode topic later on as well?
1: Yeah, let's let's do it after my talk so I don't like give away all of my uh, talk one-liners. Yeah, all the trade secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, we should definitely do that for a future episode. So I guess if you're listening and have questions about that, then uh, send us a tweet at FM, Or you can email us as well. If you go to our website, there's a contact form if you want to give a bit more you know, context to your question.
0: Than however many characters Twitter is these days. Yes.
1: <laughs> what about you? How are things going with you?
0: Well, like you, it's a kind of a week between trips, right? I'm home for like six days before I am going off on the next thing. Uh, so there's just a lot to organize. I spent yesterday like an hour on the phone with utility companies, like arranging, you know, Fun. home admin <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, and all that, all that, like just a bunch of planning and just trying to do life admin stuff before I go away, essentially.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know this feeling.
0: <laughs> Busy week of <with> that, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just like going through a to-do list, right? Yeah. Yeah. All those
0: things that you put off because you were about to go away and now you're like, oh, I've got to do it before I go away in the next trip.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I always come home and like when I come home from a trip, I need like an admin day to go through yes. like my inbox and my postal mail that I received physically because that's still a thing and all of that kind of stuff. So I totally get it. Yeah, for sure.
0: But I'm excited to talk about this topic today because I was quite surprised actually at the reaction to the video. Yeah, tell us what. tell us more. Yeah, it's been a really popular one, like surprisingly. I guess people like seeing other people's process, right? And in this video, I was literally going through all of the artboards that I had in this Figma file um, when I made this design. I think there was 14 versions. It's just a really small little graphic for people to share on social media. So, you know, some people might think that's excessive, but that's what I needed to get through to get to an end result that I was happy with. Um, Yeah, I just basically wanted to demonstrate how far you can push a design when you do iterate on it and when you look at your work critically and improve it. I think that our audience here on the podcast doesn't need convincing of that, basically. Um, I think I have a lot more. I have a lot of beginners who watch my YouTube channel along with the more advanced people. I know there's more advanced people, too, but today will be good for us to talk about that process in depth, I guess. Um, I'm excited to hear from you what your iteration process looks like. Because I have a feeling that every designer is different. You know, we've all got our own ways of working. Yeah. So where should we start? Oh, I know. I have I have a question for you, fam. Okay. Is your first idea ever your best idea? Like, is there ever a time where you design
1: something once and you're like, boom, that's it, done? I don't think that's ever happened to me. I wish it was that simple, but no, usually what happens is I, I mean, my first idea is usually like the either like feels like the easiest idea or the obvious Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. idea, like the obvious solution to something or the easiest one. And it's in the process of like creating that idea that I start to uncover more ideas like as I get yes. more into the flow and into thinking about the problem and putting my first idea together I start to realize or uncover other potential you know ideas that might come up in that process and then it just kind of all expands from there
0: and in, in that phase like when you said you're like putting together your first idea are you doing that on paper or you know hand drawn in some way Or is it in design software? Yeah,
1: that's a really good question. So typically how we start is very like more in sort of service design thinking, if that makes sense. So it's more about like what is the flow and the experience as opposed to what does the UI look like? So that means that typically... At the very, very beginning, we are drawing on whiteboards. That's where it starts. Cool. Like we're drawing phone frames, like a, a vertical rectangle, so to speak. And we might just like write a word in there that represents what that screen is about. So it's not necessarily like, you know, designing a, a wireframe or so so to speak, but it's more about like, how does this experience look like? What is the flow? What is the journey? And that's typically done on a whiteboard.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, mine is kind of like that too, except instead of a flow across different screens, I'm thinking about a flow on one web page. yeah. And I'm
1: normally drawing on my iPad instead of a whiteboard because... I am just me, so only I need makes to Makes sense, it. makes sense. Yeah, I I usually am in a room with at least three other people probably when this is happening. So we we have a few meeting rooms where the whole wall is a whiteboard. Cool. So that's cool. So we'll just, you know, really have a lot of room to, to think and create. That's fun. So in,
0: like we said, the first idea is usually the starting point for a lot of other usually better ideas. Yeah, I mean, would you agree? Is it the same for you? Yes, definitely the same for me. But I do find sometimes that elements of my first idea will make it in to the final product. Mm-hmm. Like it's not all bad. I'm not saying that everything you do first off is, is terrible. And actually, um, Todd in the community, when I we talked about iteration, you know, said we we're gonna be talking about this on the episode. Todd said that sometimes it takes iteration to prove that your first idea is the best for him, which is interesting.
1: Oh um, yeah. He says
0: that Instinct is something we all use but don't really talk about. Not everything needs to be overthought and formulaic. So I highly disagree that your first idea is gonna be the best like on its own. I think there's always ways you can push it and improve it, but I don't think that your first idea is bad just because it's the first, if that makes sense. like Sometimes there are really good parts of it that you do wanna stick with throughout the rest of your design because of, like Todd said, your instinct. Like That was your first instinct and you
1: went with your gut. Right, like it could be that you had this first idea, went on some big exploration, you mm-hmm. come all the way around, imagine I'm drawing a circle in the air right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come all the way around back to the original idea, but with all of the learnings and findings from the other ideas and the explorations that you did beforehand. So now you're back at the first idea because maybe those other ones didn't quite work, but when you put those learnings into your first idea, that could be the golden ticket, right? And I've had that happen to me before as well, where like I start with an initial concept, I go and explore like a hundred others and then realize, well, actually this first concept was the most simple or the most whatever, like solved the problem the best way. And then I realize that I just have to add small elements that I've learned along the way. And then, you know, maybe that's the final one.
0: Totally. And that brings up a good point that iteration doesn't always have to be about making something that's wildly different. doesn't have to be linear. Yes. And, and each thing you're iterating on doesn't have to be a totally new design, right? Like sometimes in my iteration process, I'll like duplicate that artboard and all I'll be working on is like this one component. And, oh, what if I put the text on the left instead of the right? You know? Oh, all the time. Yep. That's me. <laughs> that is iteration as well. Yeah. So if it's a process where you know you do your first idea and then you're doing some wildly different stuff, I can definitely see you coming back around to that first layout being your like the ideal one, you know, um, and then you iterate from there on the little small pieces improvements because I think that those can always
1: be improved from your first idea. Mm-hmm. How do you do this logistically? Like, I have a really bad habit of like having a frame. Let's say I have a frame in Figma that I'm working on. And forgetting to duplicate it to explore. Like I just keep moving things around until it feels right. And it's a real mistake because sometimes I'll get to a point where I'm like, actually, what I had two minutes ago felt better. And then I have to do the classic command Z. So it's not uh, (laughs) the best way of doing it. Um, I, I do, though, have examples where I do have like if I'm specifically focusing on UI, then I will constantly duplicating and you know if you look at my Figma files sometimes there's like 50 frames but sometimes I do slip into the bad habit of just tinkering too much on one frame and therefore losing my you know iterations. I do not have that issue in fact I think I have
0: the opposite issue in that I duplicate too much and end up (laughs) with well that's why it's great now that I I guess that I use Figma and like it was also pretty good with Sketch uh, duplicating artboards or frames whatever they're called. It doesn't take up as much file space, you know, in those software as it did back when I used Photoshop, for example, and I'd have a million different layers with different designs. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I will duplicate an artboard all the time. I'm, I don't know, I end up with so many different artboards within one file and sometimes the whole design will be exactly the same apart from like the call to action section and I I'll, will have duplicated the upward 10 times just trying 10 different ideas specifically for the call to action because I tend to tackle things like component or section at a time on the web page. So yeah, I, I over duplicate if anything, which uh, is great for, like you said, being able to look back at your ideas and see the path that you've come down. But sometimes it's not so great for when you're showing a file to someone else or (laughs) when you come back to your own design after like a few days off from it and you're like, wait, where was I? (laughs) Yeah. But I try and keep things like as I duplicate, I basically end up with one big long line of artboards. So it's kind of like the start to the finish. It is like linear laid out on the file.
1: Yeah. I want to bring in a question from Atiyah that we had in the community. When you do iterations, how often do you return to your sketchbook to come up with new ideas? I feel like design school taught me that every single little thing you do must be sketched out first, otherwise it's a bad idea, but I suspect that's not true. Any thoughts about this? I, I mean, I'm not surprised to hear this question, actually. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: do you, did you get that sense from design school? Because I definitely did.
1: <laughs> yeah. And especially because you had to present your whole mm-hmm. workbook. Pro- well, at least, you know, the school that we went to. I don't know if you had the same, but we would have to present a whole workbook that showed like our whole process thinking up to like the final piece that we handed in. So like, of course, that trains you to like have this beautiful like process documented from start to finish.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that in design school I might have talked about this before on on this episode or I'm uh, not this episode on this podcast. But I was so caught up with trying to like get the good grades and be right and like have my work be really good that I don't think I really got much value from the sketching process when I was in design school. Like for me I was thinking of it as, oh, this is something I need to have in my workbook to like be correct, rather than thinking of it as an actual valuable thing that really does help the design process. So these days, I think I actually sketch a lot more than I did at design school, because at design school, I would, confession, often go back and do sketches after the fact. to be like, I hear ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> so yeah, these days I do sketch a lot, I start out every project sketching, but from then on, honestly, if I want to get on the computer, I'll go on the freaking computer and just do things on there, you know? I don't think that we should have to sketch if that's not the way our brain is functioning that day. I do sometimes return to sketching if I'm like really stuck on one certain component and I'm like, oh, let's just like quickly brainstorm a couple of different ways this could happen because like moving the pixels around isn't working for me. But yeah, I don't like to pressure myself to stick to a certain process what about you
1: yeah I will sometimes return to the whiteboard L uh, if I like have an idea but just need to figure it out you know like work it out so I might go to the whiteboard to try and work it out or if I want to communicate that to someone on my team like I work very collaboratively so if I need to communicate it to someone else like a my, my product manager or something then I might whiteboard it before like spending time in detail on my computer but that's not always the case like it depends where we are on the process and it depends how radical my new iteration is like if it's changing the whole experience, then we're probably going to go back to the drawing board, right? But if I just have a new idea for how a certain component should look like, then I'm probably just going to go straight into, you know, my design file, duplicate it and figure it out in there. So it kind of depends as well, like what the iteration involves and whereabouts we are in the process. So I guess our answer
0: to Atiyah is to do what feels right for you and what you need to do to be most creative. Yeah. Um, I do think that that's I mean, it sounds like it's a failing of a tears design school as well as ours, that <laughs> the focus on sketching is more like you must show your process and like have these sketches rather than being more open to however someone wants to be creative. I don't know. Maybe that was just the sense I got from it.
1: No, no, I agree. And I also feel like if you're like, you know, you're in your computer, you're in the flow and a new idea hits you, don't get out of that flow and like try and find your sketchbook and start from The first step again you know just keep that flow going just keep duplicating or or however it is that you want to do it in my case it's overriding which is not good advice but you know (laughs) just keep going like don't stop and like force yourself to return to step one if you're already at step 10 you know what I mean yeah um Catherine responded to it here actually about
0: returning to the sketchbook saying, I'm actually trying to do more of that, meaning returning to my sketchbook. Having always worked with very tight deadlines, taking the time to revisit ideas in a very loose form is something I don't normally you know, get to do. I think the iteration process requires time, whether I choose to hand sketch or not. Once I look at things after some time has passed, I see what I would have done differently. And this is a really good point and something that I kind of like about like, in the middle of a project, stopping and going back to sketching is because it's usually at a time where I'm frustrated with my design and I'm like, oh, I can't figure out why this is not working, you know? And so taking some time to return to sketching and then looking back at the design file again, even just that small break away from it can like reset your mind, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I think like... The point about deadlines is also valid to mention, right? Like, yes, you're not always going to have all the time in the world to just keep exploring. Uh, and actually, if you do that, uh, I don't think I would do well. I'm a person that needs deadlines. Like if I just had an open, like just explore for as long as you need to until you get to the best idea for me, that would freak me out. Um, so I think it's good to have deadlines, but also consider like how much time you're going to need for the exploration phase of the project like the last project I did the whole thing took about a year and probably the first four months five months maybe was just exploration and iteration like figuring out what is this going to be what is this going to feel like what is this going to look like doing research coming back to the drawing board using the learnings and findings to iterate more until we got to what we thought was the best experience. So just consider that as well, like how much time you need for that phase of the project and whether the deadline's gonna allow it. Because you might have to cut some corners if you've got a really tight deadline.
0: Yeah. And Augustina asked about this actually, asking, do you track how much time it takes to do multiple iterations and do you try to like create the whole design in one day, or do you come back to it every day for a week to revise it? Honestly, yeah, you're right, the answer depends on the deadline, like how much time you have to iterate. I do find that, it, I think it's like a bell curve in, or no, maybe that's not the correct graph term, but there's the point where your time spent iterating, like for a while, time spent iterating increases the like quality of the design, right? But it reaches a point where time spent iterating isn't really gonna increase the quality of the design that much. And so it's at that point, it becomes kind of a waste of time, you know, and it's hard sometimes to recognize where that point is. But I think often we don't actually have a chance to reach that because our deadlines, right, are so short that we don't That like, I think apart from personal projects, I definitely find with personal projects like <laughs> my own website, I'm at the stage now where I'm like iterating too much and it's really not improving the design that much. So I should just move on. But yeah, in my work projects, usually there is less time than I would like to be iterating, which I think is the case for a lot of people. But I do find that the work that I do when I'm given the time to, like more time to explore and really get into a project, it, I just make work that I'm so much more proud of. So the more that you can push for that in your work and the more you can show, you know, the people who are in control of your deadlines, hey, this is what can happen when I'm really given the time to explore. I think the more you'll actually get that time. That's what I'm finding anyway. I've been like learning for myself as well, how long it takes me to do a really good design so that I know what to push for when it comes to deadlines.
1: Yeah. We use this process called the double diamond technique. Oh, Okay. Tell me more. It's basically if you think of two diamonds next to each other Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the first diamond, like the first opening of the diamond is about like discovering so it's kind of like the discover phase where we're you know discovering what the problem is and what we need to solve and you know, defining kind of uh, oh sorry discovering kind of the limitations or the the brief basically and then there's like defining where we kind of define like okay this is the direction we want to go and this is the best solution and we've sort of Discovered everything we need to know. So now we can define what we think is the best solution to the problem. And that's the end of the first diamond. So you're going really wide and discovering and exploring, and then you're coming in really narrow and defining, okay, here's the solution. Then the next diamond goes back out again, and that's about developing. And then it comes back in again, and that last one is delivering. Right. So it's kind of like this, yeah, double diamond process, I guess. I'll put a link in the show notes to some. Articles about it, you can read up about it. I think there's also some good talks about it. So we kind of have that process that the the product manager is also involved in this. So therefore we're very transparent about what the process is and where we are in the process. For most projects, we have a like a presentation deck that we kind of update along the way so that people who are interested in the project have a place to come, a source of truth, and can see how the project is going. And we usually have this double diamond, like as one of the beginning slides and we'll put like a line somewhere that says like, we are here. Yes. So like you immediately kind of get a sense of like where we are in the project and what we're currently focusing on. I don't know what my point was about sharing this, but basically I think what I would say is (laughs) that, um, yeah, it kind of lets you communicate right like yeah how long you're spending exploring and discovering and iterating and also allows you to then set expectations from others uh, to others about when they can expect to have deliverables and things like that from you
0: yeah and I guess also this double diamond shows you when you're supposed to be iterating as well like yeah you shouldn't be in the iteration phase when the project is at the like you know smaller end of the diamond
1: right yeah yeah So it's kind of like a way to keep track of where we are in the project. And, you know, let's say we realize there's only a month left to go and we're still in the discover phase. That's obviously a problem, right? So kind of also is a accountability thing to make sure that we're moving along and, you know, going to meet the deadlines. Yeah.
0: So the big question and like the main one that I've been asked in the comments of my video and that I would I'm glad that we're talking about so that I can have your help in answering it is how do you know when you're done? Like, how do you know when to stop iterating, and move on? Like, when is it good enough? What does that look like for you?
1: Mm, good question. I think I'm done when I feel confident about my work. Actually, there was one time where I, a few months ago, I printed out, my project. Basically I, we have a big wide format printer in the office and I printed out like all of the screens and all of the flows and stuck it up on the wall. And my manager was like, oh, this must mean that you're nearly done because usually when designers print out their work, they feel pretty confident about it. (laughs) Yeah. If they want to put it on the wall and show it to everyone. Exactly. (laughs) And I was like, I think you're right. I think I might be done. Uh, so yeah I don't know usually like for me when I print it that's kind of a telltale sign that I'm either done or like getting really close because I feel confident about the work I know that that's not really like a obvious answer of like you're done when this thing happens for me it's really like an internal feeling like I kind of just know which I know is not very helpful or tangible for other people to apply but I think also like you make you got to make sure that you cover the basics right like you got to make sure that it's been checked by developers, like they've said that it's possible to build. It's been checked by any other stakeholders that might have a say about the, the project. Like there's a few things like that too that I think are important to consider and go through before you're actually done done. It kind of depends is the answer, which I know is not a very good one. No, I think you're right. Um, there is a
0: sense of it's done when I'm happy with it, right, for me too. And I think that that's tough because when you're starting out, I mean, we've talked on the show a lot before about imposter syndrome and
1: yeah, how do you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you're like, oh, am I not happy with it just because I'm feeling like I don't know what I'm doing with design? Is this actually good enough? I don't know. Like, it does take time to build up that sense of confidence and that trust in yourself and your abilities. But yeah, I find that there's kind of a rate of change with a duration where after I do my first thing there'll be like loads of ideas I have for ways that I can make it better that I quickly try out. And then it starts to slow down, right? And I'm like, I guess I could tweak this one little thing. And then like, I have to sit back and really look at it and study it and critique it to see what else I need to change. And sometimes like Catherine mentioned in her comment, I need to come back the next day and look at a design before I can really call it done and say that I'm happy with it. Sleep on it. (laughs) Yeah, sleep on it, time away from it, just to like, see it with fresh eyes and to see any last changes that I need to make. But yeah, honestly, it is about refining your skills in those early stages, I suppose, and getting lots of feedback. I always wait to ask for feedback until I personally am in a place where I'm like, no, I feel like I'm done iterating for now. I've explored all my ideas that I wanted to and I have some specific questions for people of like this direction and this direction of where I'm wondering if I should go and I could use some input. I think when I was starting out, I definitely asked a lot more questions and I needed to because I was training my own gut and my own design sensibilities, you know, but it is, it is about training your gut over time and there is no answer to when you know it's done, especially with visual design, you know, UI or graphic design. A design can answer a brief technically and still... Not be very good <laughs> right you know to, to say it nicely. If you watch that video of mine, which I will link in the show notes, the first design that I did had all of the elements that it needed to. It fit with our brand. There was just lots of ways that it could be improved, you know. So it comes down to practice and refining that, you know that your taste and your skills when it comes to design.
1: I think it's also good to make sure that you define what done means. Like yeah. for the longest time I interpreted done as like, okay, I can close the book on this project and never have to sort of open it. Right. Again. Like it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But actually I've learned that done might mean you just have an MVP or a version one, or you're going to cut some features for now and work on them, you know, later on and add them back in. So I I think that's worth just keeping in mind as well. So like for the project that I've done, you know, we started by going very wide, like the double diamond kind of helps encourage that. We went very wide and realized that, okay, well, there's a lot of things we could add to this. Let's define what our MVP is. And then afterwards we can, you know, explore those other things. And that's where I am now. Now we've launched MVP and I'm exploring the other things that we can add to the, to the project. So yeah, just wanted to mention that as well, that like done doesn't necessarily mean it's finished and perfect forever. It just means like, okay, this is what we've defined as like, you know, a a stop point basically.
0: Yeah. And I think that stop point could come from a few different places. Like in the case of the graphic that I was doing in this video, all it was, was a template for a social media graphic that people can share about these like workshops, right? it's not going to be a huge like if you think of the impact of the time i'm spending on this it wouldn't be worth me spending more than a couple of hours on it right in terms of the value of my time the value that we're going to get out of this this graphic so that's another way to think about it too is the stakes of the project i suppose like with the book that I designed, for example, I definitely had to get that way closer to perfect than any web design I do, Right. because guess what? Not easy <laughs> to make changes once a book is printed and there's like no 1500 way. copies in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing as well that can help you figure out when it's done is the time timeframe, um, the, the stakes of the project and how easy it will be to make changes afterwards. Yeah, totally. Any more thoughts to add on this topic or have we kind of talked it all through?
1: Um, I feel like we've talked most of it through. I guess I would just end by saying that it can be a very messy process. Like I remember early on I got caught up in trying to make it a very tidy process, but iteration is very messy, right? Also, another tip is I was really afraid at the beginning to share my bad ideas, like Sometimes I would have an idea for an iteration but be too afraid to voice it because I felt like it was bad. And so that's something that I think I've improved upon over the year. But when I started, I was really nervous about voicing those ideas because I was like, well, you know, I'm in a room with three senior designers. Of course, their ideas are going to be better than mine, which is just stupid to, to think about because it's not true. You know, the best idea could come from anyone. So I think I'd just add that as well of like, you might have a really stupid idea in your head, uh, but it could turn into the best idea. So it's definitely worth iterating on.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think that I would often find myself not even you know, speaking it out loud, but just be afraid to even put something in my design software and actually put it on the artboard if I didn't already know it was good. Right, yeah, yeah. Almost like I want every single pixel I, I make to be perfect. And that's ridiculous too, because the iteration process is about... Doing some really shitty stuff so that you can get to
1: the good stuff. Exactly. Basically. exactly.
0: Yeah. You, you've got to go through it all. So uh, yeah, that's, that's really good advice. I really like that.
1: Cool. Well, I think that brings us to an end on this episode.
0: Yes, I think it does. Do we have a few new community members? We do. To shout out. And I say that knowing full well that we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Shout out to, we've had a few community members join over the last week or so. Rasmus, Celeste, Michael, Atiyah, and Fernando. Welcome to the community. We're super excited you join. And yeah, thanks to Atiyah, who had the first question that we read out yeah. earlier in this episode. It was really cool.
0: Yeah. Awesome to see people joining, like just getting stuck into the channel straight away. It's super cool. And I love when people join and immediately introduce themselves hang in Hangouts as well, so we can get to know a bit about people. It's easy to forget, I think, especially if you've been a listener to the show for a long time that you probably know a lot about us. You know, yeah, true. there's a whole 142 episodes now of us talking about ourselves, our process, our <laughs> lives that you can learn from, but we don't know much about you. So it's always nice to learn that. That is true. Welcome welcome to our new members. And if you want to join yourself, then go to designlife.fm slash community and you can sign up right there.
1: And we're also trying a new thing for future episodes. If you want to send us a voicemail, Ooh, yeah. could be anonymous, could not be. Um, You can head to voicemail.now.sh slash designlife.fm. Don't worry, we'll link it so you don't have to remember that. (laughs) Uh, And there's a red record button. You can hit record and send us a voicemail and we might play it on the show. Could be anything. Maybe you have a question. Um, Maybe you have some feedback for us. We'd love to hear it. Uh, And special shout out to Siddharth who actually created this neat little tool and shared it with us to give it a try on the podcast. So thank you and look forward to hearing your voice memos. Yeah,
0: I would love for people to test this out because I think this is a super cool tool that has made. So go ahead and leave us a voicemail. Tell us about, I don't know, something that you're struggling with at the moment, something you're thinking about to do with design, anything you want. It'd be fun.
1: All right. Where can people go to hear more episodes like this one?
0: Head to designlife.fm, see our website and all of the episodes up there, or just, you know, go to your local podcast app and type in Design Life and you'll find it in there. I think we're, we still need to work on getting ourselves on Spotify, don't we? So oh, yeah, maybe, we do. Maybe don't go to there yet, but we're, we're working on it.
1: Go to <laughs> the other places. <laughs> the other places. All right. Have a good week, fam. Okay, you too. See you later.